Peace, power, and prosperity. Family, how we doing out there? Y'all already know what time it is. Bitcoin Block Bully coming to you once again with an early rise of crypto update. It is Monday, September 2nd, 2019. Um, grand rising to those that will be watching on the Bit Patreon page as well as those that will be listening in on New Money Matrix podcast. We got a couple of stories to bring today. First and foremost, let's go take a look at the pictograph on coin360.com. As we can see, for those that will be able to view, is green pastures. Um, pretty much a majority of the cryptocurrencies are in the green, leading a almost 4% hike in price of Bitcoin itself, making the rest of the cryptocurrency market follow along. Um, we got Bitcoin SV up 3.6%. 3, 3 Bitcoin Cash actually up 4.15%. Ethereum at 25 2.3%. Um, Ripple one5 we got Tezos up 5, almost 6%. We're going to take a look at the top 20 coins here in a minute. Um, it is 9.30 a.m. It is 9.30 a.m. First thing we're going to get into right now is the news. We got a couple of stories coming in from um, Forbes, Cointelegraph. Uh, and Coin Telegraph. In fact, we're going to cover two in Cointelegraph that have to do with... Um, Two individuals who are celebrities in their own ways. Both athletes, one a boxer, one a football player. So we'll cover those in a minute. The first story I want to bring to you is a warning coming out from a Forbes article. Speaking on the security vulnerabilities that have been uncovered with Bitcoin. So let's get into the story first and see what they're talking about. It goes on to state, Bitcoin developers have been trying to make the world's most popular cryptocurrency more useful for payments. With the somewhat controversial Lightning Network one of the most popular projects. However, serious security vulnerabilities have this week been discovered on the Bitcoin Lightning Network. Which could result in users losing their Bitcoin if nodes are not upgraded. <clears throat> uh, for those that don't know, the Bitcoin Lightning Network is designed to make small transactions cheaper and quicker. But the critics are saying that it's too clunky for mainstream use. Um, it goes on to state that security issues have been found in various Lightning projects, which could cause loss of funds, wrote software developer Rusty Russell, who authored the majority part of Bitcoin's Lightning Network protocol specification. In a post shared via a Lightning Network mailing list, he stated, full details will be released in four weeks. Please upgrade well before then. The specifics of the vulnerability will be disclosed on the 27th of September. A common software security practice to prevent, excuse me, to both prevent bug exploitation and give developers time to patch the problems. The vulnerability appears to be related to the lightning-ready Bitcoin wallet Eclair, which Russell also advised users to update. The Lightning Network, first proposed by Thaddeus Drya, or Drya and Joseph Poon in a 2015 white paper, creates a layer on top of the Bitcoin blockchain where transactions can be passed back and forth before being added to the underlying blockchain. This should mean Bitcoin transaction speed are increased while costs are significantly reduced. There are now a few different Lightning-ready wallets available as well as companies that are able to process them on behalf of merchants. However, low user numbers mean Bitcoin Lightning nodes currently lose money when they process transactions, according to recent repo uh, reports. Once again, they're saying that this wallet um, 
is supposed to be able to be utilized and actually make the transaction speed up as well as making the cost less, you know, impactful on the on the, the individual's uh, pockets. But low user numbers mean Bitcoin Lightning nodes currently lose money when they process transactions, meaning that there's not enough individuals using the Lightning uh, network. Which, I mean, we got to look at the advancement of this space. There's not a lot of people using Bitcoin as we would want it to be. So that means there's going to be even less individuals using a newer protocol or newer function of an already newer asset or newer technology. The story goes on to state, when sending a lightning payment, two parties deposit the funds at one Bitcoin address, a so-called channel in which they can exchange funds a limitless number of times. This maintains Bitcoin security, but means small regular payments don't need to be added to the underlying blockchain until the channel is closed. Questions have been raised about what Lightning Network adoption will mean for the Bitcoin price, with much of the price depending on transaction fees picked up by miners. Most are, though, confident that with increased Bitcoin adoption, the price will continue to rise. And one thing that I want to actually put out there is that for those that may just be coming into the space and maybe looking at this as a advantage in the arena of, you know, monetary value, meaning that, you know, your main thing is you want to buy Bitcoin just for the price to go up so you can cash out with a big, you know, reward. Um, we got to understand that at the same time that it is utilized by traders, there are individuals around the world that are using it as a medium of exchange. Not so much that, you know, when I get this and send it somewhere, I want the price to go up, but more so I want it to ensure that what I send will make it where it needs to go without being impeded, stopped, or canceled out by a third party. So always remember the bigger picture with cryptocurrency is really the decentralization of the monetary and banking system. Not so much how much money you can make off of the system. Though they do work hand in hand. So, Anyways, moving over into the next story. Is crypto a fix for a broken international monetary system? Interesting question. Let's see what they have to say about it. And this is Coindesk that we're getting the story from. It goes on to state, the international monetary system is broken. Helping to fix it poses a huge opportunity for the cryptographers behind cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. Now they have one of the stewards of that system in their corner. Mark Carney, the outgoing Bank of England governor. Wow. A week ago in Jackson Hole, Mont, Carney told the Federal Reserve's annual GabFest that central bankers could develop a network of national digital currencies to create a new basket-managed synthetic hegemonic currency. Now, let's stop right here and see what this word hegemonic means because I've never seen this personally in my life so let's let's google it hegemonic is the ruling or dominant in a political or social context so they're looking for a ruling or dominant dominant currency on the synthetic side interesting carney's proposal was mostly a thought exercise to expire converse conversation around solutions to the dangerous imbalances fostered by the current system's in excuse me dependence on the dollar as the world's reserve currency. The specifics were necessarily thin. Any solution will be both technically and politically complicated. And even though he'll depart 
the Bank of England in January. <laughs> Interesting, he's leaving the Bank of England and it seems to be going into blockchain. Bitcoin anyways. Or maybe just blockchain to space. Carney's status as a public official demands caution. But I don't share, share those constraints. So let me lay out my own modest proposal for a cryptocurrency-based fix to a broken global financial system. Hint, it is not by Bitcoin. Let's see what they're saying. I'm neither a trained economist nor a crypto cryptographer. So I know this act of hubris will, act, will attract naysayers. Let me see what is hubris. Let's see. An excessive pride or self-confidence. Okay. Um, I welcome criticisms and suggestions. I'm also quite certain I'm not the first to think of this, so I'm eager to hear of others working on similar projects. Interesting. Let's see what he's got to say. The thing is, I've been obsessed with both the structural failings of the global financial system and cryptocurrency for some years now. Three of my five books have covered these topics. It's hard to bite my tongue. Fixing the global currency system. I think that instead of creating a whole new global currency, central bankers should work to develop digital currency interoperability. We need a system of decentralized exchanges through which businesses in different countries can use smart contracts to create automated escrow agreements and protect themselves against exchange rate volatility. With algorithms that achieve atomic swaps now available with other advances in cross-train interoperability, I believe we'll soon have the technology to remove foreign exchange risk from international trade without relying on an intermediating currency such as the dollar. Here's how it might work. A, hypothet a hypothetical importer in Russia could strike a deal with an exporter from China and agree to a future payment, denoted in Chinese renminbi, rem what is that? Renminbi, uh, based on the latter's prevailing exchange rate with the Russian ruble. Relying on interoperability protocol, the commonly integrated that that's commonly integrated into each party's preferred digital national currency, either is privately run stable coins or central bank issued digital currencies. The two firms could then establish a smart contract that trustly locks up the required renminbi payment in decentralized escrow. And I may be pronouncing that um, irregular or erroneous. I do apologize if I am. But this is one hell of a um, example they're giving you, and I want you all to really, really, really pay attention to what he's speaking on. If delivery and contract fulfillment are confirmed, the payment is released to the Chinese exporter. If not, the funds revert to the Russian importer at the same initial conversion rate, so no loss of funds here. In this scenario, both parties are protected against adverse exchange rate movements, yet, Despite the trust gap between them, there is no need to intermediate the payment through dollars and no need for either party to take out a forward contract, FX option, or some other expense exchange rate hedge. Of course, the importer would suffer the opportunity cost of locking up otherwise valuable working capital for a few months, but private banks could mitigate with that collateralized short-term loans on terms that would be a lot cheaper than the current cost of currency hedging. Alternatively, if the smart contract is executed on a proof-of-stake blockchain, the locked-up funds could be employed to earn cryptocurrency staking rewards. What would central banks' roles be? Well, for one, they could backstop the entire credit and or staking model. Providing liquidity or guarantees to bank trade finance businesses would be a more constructive use of domestic money supply than applying its rainy-day funds of U.S. treasuries and other dollar assets. Interesting. Secondly, they'd be charged with assuring the trustworthiness of the interoperability protocol. 
Whether central banks would endorse and regulate privately developed protocols such as Tendermint's Cosmos, Parity Technologies Polkadot, or Ripple's Interledger, or whether they would commission a multilateral body to build and manage a single official system, there's no getting around an oversight role for public sector policymakers. Don't worry. Crypto libertarians, no one's taking away your Bitcoin in this scenario. In fact, since central bankers will retain their own monetary sovereignty, with exchange rates continuing to fluctuate, Bitcoin's appeal as a digital gold alternative to domestic currencies could be enhanced. Interesting. Now we're going to get into a broken system. Let's be clear. If foreign trade no longer requires dollar intermediation, the U.S. central global economy will suffer a, major, a massive impact. Perhaps bigger even than the 1971 Nixon shock. When the dollar was unpegged from the gold. And I want to stop right here and really, really, really put emphasis on here. I really want to put emphasis on here. The Nixon shock was a series of economic measures undertaken by the United States. President Richard Nixon in 1971 in response to increasing inflation, the most significant of which were wage and price freezes, surcharges on imports, and un lateral cancellation of direct international convertibility of the United States dollar to gold. While Nixon's actions did not formally abolish the existing Britain Woods system of international finance exchange, the suspension of one of its key components effectively rendered the Britain Woods system inoperative. While Nixon publicly stated his intention to resume direct convertibility of dollar after reforms to the Britain Woods system had been implemented, all attempts at reform proved unsuccessful. By 1973, the Britain Woods system was replaced de facto by the current regime based on fl freely floating fiat currencies. <laughs> I, I hope, and I know that I, I don't have enough time to get into this, man. Look at the 44 coming in, though. Look at the background. In 1944, right? Hold on. Let me get back to that. In 1944, representatives from 44 nations met in Bretton Woods. New Hampshire to develop a new international monetary system that came to be known as the Bretton Woods system. Conference attendees would had hoped that this new system would ensure exchange rate stability, prevent competitive devaluations, and promote economic growth. It was not until 1958 that the Bretton Woods system became fully opera operational. Countries now settle their international accounts in dollars that could be converted to gold at a fixed exchange rate of $35 per ounce, which was redeemable by the United States government. Thus, the United States was committed to backing every dollar overseas with gold, and other currencies were pegged to the dollar. This is no longer going on, family. I don't have time to get as deep into this, to this as I want to, but you can see why the system works the way that it does right now. So let's get back over here into the story. The entire reserve currency system in which foreign central banks own U.S. government bonds as a backstop and multinational companies could hold large parts of their balance sheets in dollars is based on the need to protect against exchange rate losses. If that risk is removed, the idif, the id, what word is this? Idifice? The idif. Right, let's see. Let's look this up real quick. As I'm not 100% familiar with the word paste. Edifice is a building, especially a large imposing one or a complex system of beliefs. So it could be a building. And, and let's double back. 
I want to really get into how words are used and with so many connotative definitions of the word that it's not 100% sure in which way an individual is using it. Unless you have foreknowledge of the word and can put together in the context in which the word is being utilized. So, edifice or edifice, is it ed- edifice? Let me see. Right, edifice could mean a building, and they're saying it's a noun. It could mean a building or a complex system of beliefs. That's, I mean, those are two totally different, um, two totally different denotations. A building is something totally different from a belief. Though beliefs are built, we'll leave that alone for now. Um, if the risk removed, the belief would, in theory, come down. Ah, yet, yeah. and that's how you use it in the context. So they wouldn't be coming talking about a building, though the belief being a building would crumble down as well. So I can see the, uh, the connection between the two words. Yet, as Carney rightly points out, continuing with the dollar hegemony, hegemony, I forgot how to pronounce the word, is not tenable either. The system is broken. Whenever global investors get the jitters, they rush in mass into safe haven dollar assets. And even when, as with President Trump's trade war with China, U.S. policy is the cause of this melee. This process, which has become progressively more acute with each financial crisis, causes huge distortions, economic dysfunctions, and political turmoil. And with economies showing, excuse me, slowing, and the worldwide value of bonds carrying negative yields now at $17 trillion, we now face worrying signs of another crisis. This time, traditional central bank policy could be powerless. With another crisis coming, The dollar-based system will generate a predictable vicious cycle. The dollar will rapidly rise. The dollar will rapidly rise, and this will hurt U.S. exporters, which further stir the mercantile extincts of anti-free trade, such as Trump, and fuel risk of a destructive tit-for-tat currency war. Meanwhile, emerging markets will suffer capital loss, excuse me, capital flight as a rising dollar raises the risk of debt values, excuse me, debt defaults in those countries. The central banks will respond by jacking up interest rates to prop up their domestic currencies, but this will choke their economies at a time when they require easier, not tighter, monetary policy. Family, I know for those that may be listening in on this, man, I know a lot of this is hard to listen to and really put together in the context to whereas our brains can really calculate and break down what's being said. But I urge any and everybody that's listening to this, especially those that come from less fortunate backgrounds in both education um, and finance, economics, um, grammar, um, and just reading, period, please try to understand the economy and the world in which you live. Understand that it's not just, you know, go to work, come home, watch sports, pay the bills, go to sleep, wake up, do the same thing again. That's not how the world works. Please understand how the economy is ran, how the banking system works, how the monetary system works. Understand the very money that you're using is not, quote-unquote, money, more so a discharge or debt note, which is used just to discharge or offset debt. So, um, and just reading through this and getting my own clarity and understanding of what's really going on in front of us is, is really quite scary. Um, anyways... And it's not said to scare anybody, more so to enlighten us that we need to understand the very systems that we work in. I mean, think of it like this. We know, we'll know more of what's going on in the social world, i.e. with celebrities and in their life than we know about the very world that we live in. You know, we live under a system that is ruled by the Constitution, yet some of us has never even read nor understand the Constitution, which derived from um, Muslim law, but at the same time dictates in a 
trusting type of relationship in the way that we live. So just um, man, just study and study, study and research. Meanwhile, emerging markets will suffer capital rot flight. No, that's not where I left off. Okay, the current system breathes what former Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke dubbed the global savings glut. As developing countries squirrel money into dollar reserves that could otherwise be used for domestic development. In the U.S., it creates the countervailing effect of massive defa- uh, deficits. In other words, sky-high debt. Far from being the exorbitant privilege once described by French finance minister Valérie Giscard de Estaing, the dollar's reserve status is an American curse. It creates artificially low U.S. interest rates, which misprices credit risk and fuels bubbles. See the 2008 housing crisis. Worst of all, the dollar system undermines democracy and diminishes economic sovereignty. The performance of every economy hinges on U.S. Federal Reserve policies. Yet, the Fed's low inflation maximum employment mandate is defined only by the United States economic outlook. This policy mismatch makes it much harder for governments to pursue effective measures to create opportunities for all. When things really go sour, the Fed belatedly and reluctantly becomes the world's lender of last resort, pumping dollars into the world's banks via the New York subsidiaries. That's how we ended up with the quantitative easing surfeit after the last crisis. Money that went into financial assets, London real estate, and fine art, but did little to boost the earning power of the middle class. These policy failures have bred a populist backlash against globalization, manifest into the United Kingdom's Brexit crisis and President Trump's adversarial trade policies. Yet, the reality is that the capital flows are more globalized than ever and increasingly beating to the drum of the U.S. dollar. So, yes, we need to change. The question is how and in what time frame? Violent or managed change? The solution I described could be adopted abruptly and distributively, or it could be cooperatively managed for a smoother transition. Under the first scenario, let's consider Russia and China, the two countries I deliberately chose for my explanatory example, since they are believed to be the further ahead than most in developing fiat digital currencies. But Excuse me. Both would love to do away with the dollar dependence. Could they go it alone and jointly devise a bilateral cross-chain smart contract between a digital rem, 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 ah, renemdi and a digital ruble? Sure. Would other countries follow suit? Maybe. Such an uncontrolled retreat from dollars could do huge harm to the United States and overall global economy. That's why I think central banks should heed Carney's call and work together on a solution. They could coordinate the gradual introduction of digital currencies, selectively managing access and applying digital interest rates to a discourage an exodus to discourage an exodus from shaky banks. They could also change the International Monetary Fund (IMF) with seeking a global standard for cross-chain interoperability. Regardless, the disruptive technologies behind digital currencies, stable coins, and decentralized exchanges will advance. It's a ticking time bomb. Some central bankers led by Carney and now Philadelphia Fed President Patrick Harker, who said in a Walton Business School broadcast that stable coins are inevitable. Get in. Others need to learn fast. Family, that is the ending of that article. And I'd hate to go from an article with such power and then go right into, you know, celebrities, um, athletes getting into cryptocurrency. So what I'm going to do is 
segue right into the top 20 cryptocurrencies in the last 10 minutes of this um this preview and i'm gonna come back and do a separate podcast and or video following the stories that have to do with russell okun um which is the nfl superstar and manny pacquiao so we'll come back and visit those. Let's get over into the overall market. As of right now, we got a circulating market cap of two hundred and fifty-seven billion, one hundred and ninety-two million, five hundred. Excuse me, seven hundred. Okay, now we got two hundred and fifty-seven billion, two hundred and sixteen million, seven hundred and sixty-seven thousand, eight hundred and ninety-eight dollars. Let me slow this down from going from five every change in every five seconds to every thirty seconds. There we go. Now. Final count, $257,165,935,898 as a circulating market cap. 24-hour volume right now is $14,597,302,642. The BTC dominance as of right now is at a 68.94%. Coming in at number one, you got Big Bank Hank Bitcoin trading at $9,900 even. Up 3.2% within the last 24.6% within the last hour. Coming in at number two, you got Ethereum trading at 167, excuse me, $176, up 0.9% within the last 24.4% within the last hour. Ripple coming through at 25 cents, up 0.3% within the last 24.07% within the last hour. Bitcoin Cash coming in trading at $286.72, up 3.44% within the last 24. Coming in at number five, you have the cryptocurrency equivalent to the United States dollar USDT. Hmm. Saying it's trading at a dollar twenty, which is way off, up twenty percent within the last twenty-four hours. Yeah, you tether is way off right now. I do not know what's going on. I would not touch it, though. For every one dollar, you get a dollar twenty. Interesting. Um, I'd like to see how the arbitrage with that is. Coming in number six, you got Litecoin trading at sixty-five dollars and ninety-nine cent, up one point nine percent within the last twenty-four point three percent within the last hour. Coming in number seven, you got Binance Coin. Up 5.4% within the last 24.8% within the last hour. Currently trading at $22.38. Coming in number 8, we got EOS trading at $3.21. Down, actually, 3.2% within the last 24, up 0.3% within the last hour. EOS not having a good time. Coming in number 19, we got Bitcoin SV trading at $132.15, up 3.5% within the last 24. Coming in number 10, we got Stellar. Lumens, XLM trading at six cents, up one percent within the last twenty-four point four percent within the last hour. Coming in number eleven, you got Monero, privacy coin, top coming in trading, exchanging hands at seventy-one dollars and thirty-six cents, up five point four percent within the last twenty-four point four percent within the last hour. Coming in number twelve, we got Cardano, ADA trading at four cent, only up 06 percent within the last twenty-four point seven percent within the last hour. Coming in number thirteen, we got Onset Leo trading at a dollar fourteen. Up 0.3% within the last 24.5% within the last hour. Coming in number 14, we have Justin Sons, who has just been called out for buying Twitter followers. We have his Tron TRX token trading at a penny, up 1.9% within the last 24 hours, which is a huge growth in his grand scheme of things, 0.5% within the last hour. Coming in number 16, we got Dash trading at... $82.35. Wow. Down from Dash is what? $140, $150, I believe, recently. Up 0.2% within the last 24.2% within the last hour. Coming in number 17, we got Ethereum Classic on the run, trading at $6.54. Down 0.6% within the last hour, up 0.5, excuse me, 5.8% within the last 24. Coming in number 18, we got IOTA trading at $0.24. Cent. 
down 0.4% within the last 24, up 0.3% within the last hour. Coming in number 19, we got Tezos trading at $1.07, up 5.2% within the last 24, 0.3% within the last hour. And last but not least, we have coming in at number 20, knocking out Neo Maker and a couple of other coins, Chainlink. Excuse me. Excuse me. I wanted to get through this before the uh before I started. But we do have Chainlink trading at $1.82, up 4.6% within the last 24. Point, wow, 4.8% within the last hour. Mega gaze coming out of Chainlink. Family, that is your top 20 coins within the coin market cap. Let's real quick take a look at the top 20 biggest gainers. Or let's take a look at a couple of the biggest gainers, biggest losers. In the last 24 hours, we have on the downside, Energy, Solve, ETP, Golem, EGT, XEG, EOS, Mixon, Digibyte, Lamb, Theta, Walton, Quant, Crypto.com, IMB, Algoland, or Algorand, um, Bitcoin Gold, Qtum, Hedge Token, only down 0.9%. Looking at the biggest gainers, let's see who the top gainer is. We have Dragon Coins. Up 35%. Where, hmm. Where are these being sold at? It looks like the... Uh, it's not Dragon Token, though. Interesting. Over the last seven days, they're up 50%. Let's see. Where are these being... Okay. Hit BTC. Can't get them on IDEX. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Dragon Coins are up 35% within the last 24 hours. Coming in next, we have Tether, which is crazy. Um, Engine uh, up at 9%. Wan up 9%. May safe up 7%. KuCoin shares trading at $1.45 up 7%. OX, ZRX trading at $0.16, cent, up 6% within the last 24 hours. 1.3% within the last hour still um, still uh, running. Monero up 6%. Ethereum Classic, Tezos, Binance, Nano, who we didn't talk about, up 5%. Flexacoin. Who is slowly, slowly making noise, only trading under a penny, 0.002 of a penny, up 5% within the last 24. Then we got VeChain, OKB, Crypto.com up 4%, though I could have sworn we just seen on the biggest losers list. Um, KBC up 3%, Carrot Bar Coins, for anyone that's uh, trading KBC coins. I want to take a look at FlexCoin, FXC. I've been seeing a little bit, a couple of stories about this one. I want to take a look at it. Let's see, over the last 30 days, down 30% hard. Over the last 7 days, down 18%. Um, let's see, where's this being sold at? Only on IDEX. Only on IDEX as of right now. Uh, more wallets are coming for Flexa Network, along with the ability to stake Flexa Coin and earn network rewards. Here's a quick, okay, so they're going to allow for staking. Let's see. And I guess that's it. So, um, with that being said, I want to thank everybody that was able to tune in and uh, that will be able to watch and or listen. Let's see. Yeah, we went through everything. So, I'll be coming back. I'll be doing the stories on the athletes and the celebrities uh, creating cryptocurrencies. It's going on 10 a.m. To the multitude, have a peaceful, powerful, and productive day. Peace, power, and prosperity, family. Y'all already know what time it is. This is the Bitcoin Block Bully signing off. I'm out of here. Oh, hold on.
There we go.